Warning, this game review contains spoilers, adult language, mature situations, conspiracy theories, rants, ravings, and just generic hilarious statements. Listener discretion is advised. So, episode six of the video game review. We still don't have a real fucking format besides the rating system, which we came up with the last episode. And, and which I am not privy to, but okay. <laughs> we'll get to it eventually. It's got some, we got some interesting tiles in. Unfortunately, uh, I have to say that right now we're not operating on my normal computer. Why? Because it's gone. Yes, it is gone. Yes. It is being upgraded. Yes, for a newer computer. Not the newest computer that I could have gotten that you would have given me because of certain things, but I'm getting a new era computer, which is actually a server computer. So I'm going to have a big... <laughs> get a couple more, though. You're going to have to get, like, a... a, 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 a Cooling vat and a <laughs> bunch of other shit. Uh, going to get some Bunsen burners and you can have, like, a, a lab. A lab. <laughs> <laughs> Roboscopy! <laughs> oh, I can't do his voice anymore. No! <laughs> no, you can't. What happened? It's a booze. Did your, did your, the did booze your, did killed your, me. Did your voice change? No, the booze <laughs> killed it. No! Yes. Uh, we decided to kind of follow the route of Alpha Counter and Method for Madness. We're trying it again. We're drinking a little bit beforehand. Ha <laughs> Should be fun, should be different, because, well, like I said, it's something different. Remember, you can check out our earlier episodes of Spyrokin Game Review at www.spyrokin.com. Email us at at gmail.com. We're on Twitter under Spyrokin Games. And I'm also under, well, you can email me at, at timbo at spyrokin.com, or uh, you can get me on Twitter on Timbo Spyrokin. Yes, and I'm Zan Spyrokin, or just Spyrokin on Twitter. And we're in for a treat, because it's April. 
April. And you may, may have noticed we skipped most of of uh, March with video game review. Well, we kind of had a sort of pseudo one where it was more really an episode of just Baz and <laughs> the new guy just ranting about <laughs> stuff. It was not one new of our guy. New guy tries. He tries. <laughs> he, he's, he's, a good, he's a good egg. He's a good egg. Yeah, and, and Baz, <laughs> you know, we love you, Baz. But Baz is, you know, he's all over the place. And he's also hyped because <laughs> the fact is that the man, the, the dead man won 20 and 0. Yep, he did. I heard that they all bowed at the end of that. Are they done? I don't know. I, think, I, I didn't watch it, so I, th- I, I, think I, I haven't done watched that wrestling in a Why while? else would you bow at the end of a match? Usually, you know, you just look angry. They actually bowed. I don't know. I haven't I haven't watched wrestling for a while. Of course, I, I I knew of course once once he had like the undefeated streak, they were just gonna keep that going. Like there was no there's no way he's gonna ever lose a WrestleMania. I think he's gonna get up to twenty five WrestleManias and then he's gonna retire. You think twenty five? I, I thought... think twenty five is is what he's gonna hit because I don't think anybody's ever gonna like last that long in the WWE ever again. Well, there's no years. one worth it. I mean, yeah. the fact is that The Rock came for one one thing, and he was awesome. And I mm-hmm. like the fact that he won. It wasn't the, oh, passing the torch. No, bullshit. He beat the shit out of him. <laughs> he beat the shit out of him like he was a red-haired stepchild. <laughs> and that was what was awesome. Because the fact is, I don't like Cena. I never liked Cena. It, well, I never disliked Cena. He just, he's always the champion. Like, that's part part of the reason why I stopped watching wrestling because he's just you you turn it on you turn on Raw he's the champion you turn on Raw he's fighting for the championship you turn on Raw he's the champion again you turn on Raw he's fighting for the cha- like he's either fighting for it or he is the champ like there's never anybody else involved in the championship talks it's always him but it's not like it's just when like, Triple H was in it because when Triple H did it the other thing is that Triple H when he was doing it now he's behind the scenes. He had, he's got a presence about him. He is not just a heel. He can be a heel. He can be a face. He's the ultimate yeah. what you need at the time. Cena isn't that. I mean, everyone's like, yeah, he, no, yes, he is. Cena really is. Cena's just, he's just, he's him. He's just Cena. Like, he just, he's the same guy all the time. We're just done with it. I mean, he just, he's not a. I don't know. He, 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 yeah. There are no good wrestlers anymore that are. I mean, it's like oh, people are gonna say that's like, oh, what about Sheamus? What about uh, Christian? No, Christian's good. Jericho is good, but the thing is that they're. I personally like Christian. I, I, I liked him better when he was in TNA. Yes, and so, then they said, oh, Lesnar's back. Oh, good, Lesnar's back. Uh, Lesnar's. Okay. Why didn't he stick to MMA? Because he he likes the respect you get from actually being in WWE, which people watch more mm. of. MMA is cool, but it's like... Eh, whatever. I don't know. That's wrestling funny. is wrestling. Every once in a while I turn it on, but I, I don't follow it but anymore. But there is no people left. It's I still like so playing much. wrestling video games, though. Yes. WWE, like, all the, the, the SmackDown versus Raws, they're, they're all awesome. Yes. I love making characters. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> Baz is going to get me to buy the new one, the 2012 one, eventually. I, 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 was, I was eventually going to buy it, too, because I just, I just want to make people. Cause they always, they always, like up the up the uh, the character creator just a little bit. They always fix a couple things on it every year, so every year it gets a little bit better. Yes, you can, and someday I will make Deadpool and he will be perfect. <laughs> someday. <laughs> someday you will make Deadpool and then Deadpool will be Deadpool. But anyway. And he'll be the man. He will be the greatest of greatest, greatest, whatever. 
<laughs> Deadpool, and eventually they'll make the movie. Mm. They'll get a Deadpool game. They'll get the Deadpool TV series with Headpool. <laughs> Headpool. <laughs> Who is from Universe? Dogpool. Nah. Dogpool is never that interesting. It's more Deadpool. Sorry, Ernie, wait. We, you should be talking about video games, but we just did talk about video games. We're ranting. You shut it. This is the ranting podcast, <laughs> essentially. We get to rant. <laughs> we uh, rant, and then we get into what we were going to originally talk about. Which are the video games. But first, before we get into video games, there is news. Al Lowe's back in the news. Yes. And I thought he was dead. Nope. Because he lost Sierra. Sierra. Yeah, well, Sierra, Sierra went under a long time ago, and Activision sold all the rights to shit. From Sierra, and they other ruined companies. everything. Yeah, well, they sold that. What we were talking about is the creator of your your favorite seventies well, themed character from video games. Well, it's him. Also, he did Police Quest. He did Space Quest. Yeah, he, he did, did all those. He did all those great. I I, I don't even know what to call those point games. and click point and click games. They were like you have to like search for things to solve other things, and then you have to search. They were just all of them were awesome. They and were also, just, you could type. Originally, it was typing. They yeah. Show the oh, they were type. tough. That and, was tough. But it was fun because you could type yeah. stuff to the computer and it yeah. would say the, the <laughs> yeah. snarkiest yeah. shit possible. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know yeah. what the fuck you're. Like, they, they really he they really were pretty uh, pretty uh, creative with some of the responses you'd get. <laughs> oh yeah. But then the worst thing is you had to actually originally in order to play the game you had to be 21 years old. Yeah. So you had to put in some stupid code or something. And, or answer a bunch of questions which would only yeah. a 21 year old would there know. There was this. There was this one. The one game that came out from Sierra and this was what way back. Um, it was called The Colonel's Bequest. Yes. And it was along the same lines, and it was, like, way back in the old... Like, I, it was, like, the big floppy disk. So for some of you who don't even know what I'm talking about, it's those big floppy disks from, like, the 1980s. They were, like, gigantic. And you always needed, like, 97 of them to, to run a program. Yeah, you pull it out, <laughs> and you know, put it back in. And... Yeah. Okay. So, uh, it was The Colonel's Bequest. And I got this game from, from somebody. I don't even know where I got it from. But you had to have this this page... And you had to have this little red plastic thingy that you put over the page so you could get the answer to the question that the game asked you to get into the game. Ah, uh, Ugh. Uh, it was like a password. And this game wasn't like wasn't like the other game that we're talking about. It wasn't really meant for adults. It just, for whatever reason, they made a password on the game that you couldn't get into it unless you had the little card. Occasionally, I would be able to be able to answer the question without the card. Cause it was, cause it was like random weird trivia questions. Yeah, but, but that was old video gaming. Anyway, um, Harvey thinks they should do that again because it actually made it fun. Of. That was a good way to make revenue. You sell the hint books. Yeah, because you had to do that. It's not online. Whoa, my voice suddenly went all woo. It's like me talking to one of those things. Like, uh, anyway, all right. Well, anyway, what we're talking about right now is the fact that Leisure Suit Larry. For those of you who don't know, Leisure Suit Larry is a character who wears a leisure suit. He has a big gold medallion. And he is a geek and who he, never... And he looks for loving. Oh, yeah. Does he ever get it? Well, it depends on Well, you. it depends on later... It depends... Early on in the games, I think he didn't get much loving. Later well, on in the, the games, you got game more. the first game the end, you get loving. Yeah, right. As the games progressed, you got more and more loving as the as the, as the the games went on. Yes. And while he could do another one and remake more games, like the terrible box office... Bust well, I, I think game. well the the problem there was the Leisure Suit Larry franchise was sold to a different company. Two different companies made those last two games. I don't remember, but they were different. They were a different type of game altogether. 
it was like 3D and you know it was on the Xbox and the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation. 3 the one for the whatever. Xbox was not bad. I yeah, liked, that one was okay. It wasn't. It, it wasn't, wasn't about Larry. Bad. It was about his nephew, and I liked that it, was, it had references. I liked that it was. It wasn't a bad game. I yeah. liked that. The second, the, the second one was terrible. But what happened is that on Kickstarter.com, Aulos decided I want to remake this for the tablet, and I don't want to make it like the reason why the new games are so terrible that you have to water it down so it's sold in. Walmart. Yeah, he doesn't want to do that. No, he wants he, to he, make a straight up. Yeah, and he said, and he, and he, and he said, he doesn't want. It's, it's not going to be pornography, but it's going to be an adult humor game. It's going to be like the original Larry games that were, you know, before, before the, before the rating systems and all that stuff. It was like, you know, a raunchy and yeah. funny game, yeah. which is like watching the old comedies that, the, mm-hmm. that Mel Brooks used to make, where it's yeah. like sexual innuendos and crazy mm-hmm. shit going on. And it's, it's just. They said it's a st- the first game just redone new remasters graphics, new, new, new graphics and all it, it if you, if anybody's ever played uh, Love for Sale which was like, the one the, the one Larry game that I played through till the end it was the like that was the one that I actually played the entire game mm. um, it's got like that kind of graphics it, it kind of looks like that yeah. but a little bit little bit more updated um, it's gonna be tough on the tablet because the thing is if you walk in the street you get killed so. <laughs> well, we're just have to move to I'm sure. I'm the sure they're gonna the design it. I'm sure they're gonna design it so it's more. I don't know, user friendly. I guess you could Hopefully. say. We'll see. But check out Kickstarter.com. See what it's about. Yeah. Uh, so what else? Um, newer games information coming out. Um, well, Assassin's Creed Three. Yes, has been. They finally. Ha ha. The guy's name is Connor, and apparently, I don't think he has Assassin's Blade. He has like tomahawks he and other stuff. He does have it. He does. He have does it. have it. I think later on, he doesn't actually start out as an assassin. Yeah, he's well, a you Indian. find out he's yeah. Well, he's like he he's half Indian, half half white man. How? Um, <laughs> that wasn't so, racist at all. <laughs> the alcohol. Anyway, um, he he must be related to Desmond somehow. Yeah, I would assume. Ezio's ancestors came from Europe to America, and then somebody had sex with an Indian, and so on and so forth. And then Connor is, yeah. the, is the new one. So, but he, I guess what happens is there's like, he basically wants to, it's kind of like a, sort of like a Last of a Mo, of the Mohicans storyline. Like, kind of like, he, his, his tribe or his family gets all murdered and stuff like that, and it's his, he wants revenge. That's and then, a- and then his quest for revenge kind of mirrors the 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 assassins uh goals at that time which we're not really sure what they are because they aren't necessarily for the british or for the americans well templars are are in both in their they've infected both armies yeah so what he's doing is he's going after templars in both armies during the during the american revolution so so what he does what what he's doing kind of sucks him into the assassins war and he just and, he, and then he ends up becoming an assassin, and I think he does have actually an assassin's blade. His normal weapon is a tomahawk, which is well, he's got the multi badass. weapons, and I think the cool yeah. thing is the fact that unlike the other ones, which one of my favorite things in the game is climbing up on buildings and jumping around. This is you climb in trees and you do stuff. Yeah, it looks fucking sick. I, I think I think free free running in like a like a snowy forest is gonna be badass. Oh, the game! And you're the, gonna just like you're gonna be like jumping from tree to tree and just fucking landing on a dude and. Scalping him and shit—that's gonna be badass. 
I, I think I can't wait for that game. I, I, I pre-ordered it. When when I bought the game that we're about to talk about, I pre- they were like, do you want to pre-order Assassin's Creed 3? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> Part of me is like, I, should I get Brotherhood now? Because I yes. still haven't gotten Brotherhood. Cause I've... You need to play all of them. Damn even it. Though, even though... Revelations sucked, apparently. No, Revelations did not suck. Did not it suck. was the weakest out of all the games. It was short. It was very short. Some of the elements that they kind of threw in there were kind of pointless. Like, the tower defense thing was kind of stupid. Is it nine ninety nine yet? I don't know. Then I'll wait till it's nine ninety nine. Um, the story of the game is very good. It always has been, though. Yeah. Know, and that's what I play it for. I don't care necessarily about all the bells and whistles. That's not true. You... Well, I go through. I do. I, I go through and I find all the shit, cause I'm, cause I'm OCD like that. But, <laughs> um. But the storyline, you have to. If you've played Assassin's Creed two, and you, you have to play Brotherhood, cause it continues that story. Yeah. And 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 and, cause it's not just it's not just telling the story of Ezio, it's also telling the story of, you know, of uh, Desmond. Desmond. And Altair, like it's it's and 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 what and the story that you're really following is Desmond because you're following when you're not in the Animus or when you're when you're in the Animus as Desmond, you're following Desmond. You're trying to follow like wh- what's happening to him through all this crap. Because in 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 Revelations, he's stuck in an Animus because his he had a mental breakdown at the end of Brotherhood, which I just spoiled that for you. Sorry, no, someone already spoiled it to <laughs> me that, that that he kills Lucy. And... Yeah, that which that was the one. Thing that happened in the game that I was just like, fucking a, why, why, why? She was his love interest. Yeah, it just kind of that kind of sucked. Watch they bring her back as some pseudo Templar zombie. Yeah, I don't know, it, whatever. Or the apple, the <laughs> apple brings her back. Yeah, well, the apple is what killed her. The apple makes him kill her. That's what that's what happened. Anyway, um, anyway, so what else? Bioshock uh, Infinite looks amazing. They've just released the big, the new, the new invention, which are the big bads. Mm-hmm. Or the, the no, sorry, the heavy sluggers. Yeah. They're like, remember in the old Bioshock, you had the big daddies. Yeah. Now they have that level of character, multiple types of them. Like uh-huh. one is this thing called um, I forgot what it was, but it's like it looks like it's a screamer. So uh. if it sees you, it starts making a lot of noise. It brings everybody around. So it's kind of like the witch in in, in Left, Left, Left 4 Dead. Dead. Yes. Or. Like a banshee in the game I'm about to talk about. Maybe. Oh, what else? You also have the one character who you see in the trailer who's like, uh, he's like, imagine a big daddy mixed with a gorilla without the drill. <laughs> so essentially, he can throw, like, if you piss him off and he's in a, a, a bunch of little enemies around him, yeah. he may grab them and start fucking trucking them around <laughs> and be pissed off. Does do any of them have, have a robo punch or a piston punch? Yes. One has a robo punch. Yay! And the other one has. <laughs> It has uh, one of the best weapons in the game. They said that's the only way you can get it is you have to take him on. So the thing is, do you really want to take him on when he could take almost all your health? Yeah. Like. Yeah. But then you have Robo Punch. What was that one gun? I forgot what game that was where it was like. You, what the fuck game was it? The game where it's a FPS or, or where there was like an ultimate gun which was literally like it was a nuclear. Oh, that's right. It was Halo. You had to take down the brutes to get the freaking fu- the the fusion cannon. Uh, and you yeah. only had like two shots, and that they will kill any uh-huh. boss in one hit. Yeah, it was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to kill them all in one shot, which is crazy. I always liked the the 
Anyway, all right, we're 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 off t we're off task here. We're, we're, of course, we're going off task. <laughs> that's how it is. But uh, we're any other video game news? Um, um, nothing on Batman if they make. But yes, it is. It's, so is also Lego um, Lord of the Rings. It might be fun. Eh, I like I all care. the other ones except for Pirates. Pirates is not that fun. Um, what else is there? Uh, no. Diablo 3? Diablo 3! We don't fucking know. I want to play it. That's that's about all I know. Yeah. Because I, I, I like Diablo. I don't know if I'm going to like it as much as I did like it, though. Yeah, no, it looks... Because, I mean, it's, it's still... I mean, they've improved some things and they've updated some things. But it's still like... Click like a madman with your mouse. I feel like it would be more if they if they just if they revamped it and actually made it for a console, it would make more sense now. Like with The Witcher. Yeah. But well, I mean, just because it's like a button masher, but you're button mashing on a mouse, which is not very effective. Like yeah. put a use use a A button and just button mash. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'll, I I might play it. I may not. I don't know. I have to wait and see. Uh, I'm sure it'll probably be amazing. For those of you who like those kinds yeah. of games, um, um, the other one, Dark Siders Two, looks good. Yep, yep, it's gonna be worth getting. It. And I don't know if they're doing a three or not or what. I think they're planning on doing like a few of them, because they're doing because they're because they're aren't they supposed to be the Horsemen of the Apocalypse? Oh, so they're doing the other. So two? I think they're gonna do all four. Like they're gonna do all four Horsemen. But I don't know how you could change if they could if they're gonna get that far. Because here's know. the thing: and the first one was a button is is a God of War clone. This is going to be an RPG, supposedly, which is awesome. How, how are you going to do Pestilence? Really? What is Pestilence? Is, 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 I don't know. Is it a puzzle game? <laughs> <laughs> like Puzzle Fighter? It's like Dr. Mario. Yeah, I don't know. Or like Dig Dug? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it's War, Death, Pestilence, and, and Famine. Famine. How are you going to do Famine? SimCity. <laughs> Everybody, no no food for anybody. <laughs> Everybody dies. We're done. <laughs> so it's like a level of the Sims. You're just like, you would die. <laughs> How many people has played the Sims and done horrible things just to make sure that you're... Why wouldn't you? <laughs> and then you always feel guilty about it because then you're like, oh, I actually killed him. Yeah, like you put him in the... <laughs> I left my guy. I just I just left him in his house for like... And this is, what go, this is the first Sims. I, if you still play the Sims... Please email us because I want to know who, what kind of person still plays The Sims. Well, it's now The Sims Three. Well, yeah, whatever. Like the any of the any of those games. If you still play those games, please tell me because I I'm like I don't understand how that game is still around. But anyway, um, no, you. No, everyone likes making a new house. You get you put the sim in there, then you remove the door. Yeah. You, you and you put a bunch of food there, so they eat the food. They they pee themselves crying. <laughs> Well, I just like I yeah I remember like I left I left him like his garbage got filled and he didn't change it and he never showered and he started getting stinky lines. It was just the poor guy. I, I I'm I'm a cruel. I heard that in, in, in Sims Two you could actually barter with death so you don't your character doesn't die. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. But but anyway, so let's get on with it. All we're, right, we're talking about your, real gaming. Your game. Games. Mass Effect. Now, people have said... I am the harbinger of your doom. So, after beating the game, because you've talked about this game so long, compared to 1 and 2, <sighs> best, worst, medium, what? So, took elements from all the right. first game, brought I, it back. Alright, I can, I, can, I can tell you that before I say anything, I welcome 
any and all debate. If you want to de debate me about this game, go right ahead. I'm, I'm all for it. Because um, there were things that I didn't really pay attention to in the ending that until later on that now now I think that's the ending. But pe other people have other ideas, and I'd like to hear... I'd like to hear some other arguments to the contrary that aren't just this game sucks because that's all that's all I ever read because I've, I've read a lot of articles about why the ending sucks or why the ending is awesome why the ending and like everybody that says the ending sucks everything that I've read so far has just been like they ruined the game blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's just people ranting I want to hear actual like evidence to the con to the reason why it was bad because all I ever hear is they just ruined it. They didn't give what the fa give us what the fans wanted. Blah, 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 blah. That's all I've heard. Okay, because because they did do things to give the fans what they wanted, and then people complain about that too. And I'll get into that in a little while. Um, the other thing is, in order for me to talk about this game, I have to talk about all three. Okay, because so be prepared they're, for a lot of spoilers. Yeah, because there's. And it may not be necessarily story story spoilers, but gameplay spoilers, because there was an evolution of the game through the three games. Like they did change stuff. Yeah, so, like they took out the, the RPG element and yeah, they returned it. You yeah, yeah. It's it's not that they took it out. They 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 streamlined it to a point where it was it was almost not recognizable anymore, and then they kind of brought it back a little bit because everybody complained about that. Which this is these are the things that. Um, you know, this is what I'm going to talk about. Um, Story-wise, okay, barring the ending, I'm not even going to refer to the ending yet, um, the story of the game up until the ending is awesome. It's awesome. Period. And it's not awesome if you've never played the other two games. Because the characters would have no meaning to you. Yeah, whatsoever. that's why they say like a lot of the stuff you can't get unless you play the other one. If you're an RPG, er, if you're into RPG games, and and by that I mean you're into the storyline of the game, and not just the gameplay, and you actually want to follow the storyline and what happens throughout the storyline, playing Mass Effect Three by itself to me would make absolutely fucking no sense. Like, the, the entire plot would make no sense. You wouldn't give a shit about any of the characters. You'd think they're probably all assholes. Like, it just... I don't recommend you playing the game without playing the other two. But they said that a lot of the more interesting story arcs you can't access without playing the other two. It's right, like... that's the other thing. Like, there's certain things you can't... You can't get certain characters and certain pieces and, and bits and pieces of the story if you haven't played the other two. For instance... Spoiler alert. If you haven't played the first one and you don't save Rex, he doesn't come back. They don't, like, when you, if you start a new game in Mass Effect 2 or Mass Effect 3 and Re and you didn't, you didn't play the first game and actually save Rex, they don't give you Rex. You don't have Rex as a character in the game anymore. He's dead. Somebody else takes over for the, the, uh, you know, the Krogan. So you just have some random guy running the Krogan. Again, he's not a character that you care about. But if you had Rex in the first game and you played him through the whole game and you got to know the character, you want him to be around later on in the game because he becomes a big part of whether you're successful or not. You know, so like there's those things that if you're not 
if you didn't play the other two games, you lose that. You lose those pieces of information that are important. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, it, the game is supposed to be played as a trilogy. You can't really play, you can't, you can't go into Star Wars Return of the Jedi without watching A New Hope and, and Return, you know, and, and Empire Strikes Back. You just, you can't go into that movie without the previous character supposedly to die. Does she even, she won't exist if you don't, uh... Okay, which character were you talking about? Tali. Tali, okay, Tali. Um, she does come back in the game, um, and there's a big part in Mass Effect 3 that is affected by your Mass Effect 2 gameplay. Um, and I'm not gonna get into the whole, like, how does it work and how does it not work. Basically, you have to be super awesome in order to get both sides to be, to live. Basically. Um, and if you aren't, or you didn't play Mass Effect 2, you could either lose both characters, or lose one of the characters and not the other. Who's the other character? Well, it's, it's Legion. Who is a Geth? Oh yes, yes, the Geth one. So you have, so you have, you have Legion, who is, who, who is one of your characters in Mass Effect Two. He's a Geth, which is a synthetic life form, um, and he's basically, up until Mass Effect Two, you think that all the Geth are aligned with the Reapers. Well, they're tough. And the Re the Reapers are the big giant monstrous robot things that are coming to to wipe out the universe. In the big trailer for yeah. destroying America. Yeah. Um, and the Geth in the first game were your major enemies. They were the guys that you fought most of the time, because they were the like the shock troopers of the, the of Reapers. the Reapers. You find out that some of those Geth were were indoctrinated by the Reapers. Some Geth are not indoctrinated by the Reapers. Some Geth are just Geth. They're just synthetic life forms that live out in space somewhere that just want to be left alone. And Legion is kind of one of those ones. He's a good one. He's a good guy. Like, he's trying to stop the Reapers. He's trying to stop the Reapers controlling yeah. his brothers, you know, yeah. and he wants to save them. So there's there's things that you do in, in Mass Effect 2 that affect how the things play out in Mass Effect 3. And again, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't really play Mass Effect 3 without playing the other two. And basically, if you're playing Mass Effect 3 without playing the other two... You have two options. You either save one, you you save one of them, or the other one, or they both die. That's basically your your options. But if you've played the other game and you and you and you and you have enough of the you know reputation and blah blah blah, you can get them both to survive, and they can both be on your team, which is what you ultimately want. Legion unfortunately actually doesn't become a playable character again, but you get like a big chunk of storyline with him and the Geth and and the backstory of. How the Geth over like kind of fought off the Quarians and all these things and and that's the thing like these these story and plot lines don't mean anything if you're playing Mass Effect Three by itself like you don't care about what the Geth are oh they're just robots I'm killing like whatever I don't know it's just that's that's the one thing that like and Mass Effect Three it pulls all the characters from the first two games that you even even some minor characters that you might have seen like in some random mission you did if you save that person they show up in the in 3 and they're there and then and then they help you in some way so like there was like this one guy in in one of the earlier it was like a, a downloadable content thing like i saved him so in the mission that i'm playing in mass effect 3 
I, I come around and he's there and I have to save him again. And I save him and he says, oh, well, I opened up the, 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 this room over there that you can go in and get, get some, get some stuff. And you, you end up getting, you know, some, like a new weapon or something like that, which you wouldn't have been able to get if you hadn't had him in the first game. Like you wouldn't have him show up if you never played Mass Effect 2 or got the DLC for that thing. Okay, so they're rewarding people who've played the game more than once, and that and that that's actually shown in some of the achievements. If you know, if if people have looked at the achievements, it's like play two rounds of Mass Effect Three or play one round with an imported imported character from Mass Effect Two. Well, that they're they're basically rewarding you. You only have to play the game once because you've already played Mass Effect Two, so you only have to play the game once to get the achievement instead of playing twice or whatever. Okay, now after you beat the game, do you are you still able to roam, free roam? Yes, or? yes, yes, yes. So that's setting you up for the DLC. Yeah, with the... yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how it's actually going to work, and I'm still waiting for the DLC to be announced. Come on, Bioware, let's go. Um, anyway, DLC puts you in the Dragon <laughs> the Dragon Age universe. <laughs> Shepard in the Dragon Age universe. Um, so there's all these little bits and pieces each that that keep going back to the first two games. And that's and it's kind of like the you can't look at the game like the la, like everybody's like oh the last five minutes is terrible blah 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 like the entire game is like a conclusion like every mission you do is a conclusion to something you did earlier in the series so it's like so you go to the you have the mission on Tachanka where you you cure the genophage or you don't cure it whatever your choice may be. Like, if you cure the gen... Like, that's the conclusion of that storyline that started in Mass Effect 1 with with Rex being pissed off at the Slarians because they fucking neutered all the Krogans. Like, so every... You have to kind of look at it in that respect. Like, each mission you do is some sort of conclusion to a previous, con- previous thing you did in the earlier game. So... So that's part of the... Part of it. Um... That's pretty much story-wise. Okay. We'll get to the ending at the very end because that, that'll be the. Okay. What about gameplay-wise? Okay, gameplay-wise, if if you've played Mass Effect Two, it's pretty much the same game. It's a little bit more uh, refined, I guess. It feels good. Like you're like, you know, you that first like biotic combo you do, you're like, fuck yeah, you know. Um, and if you did, if you do uh, import a character from Mass Effect Two, you you start out at level thirty. So, oh, they level cap you? Yeah. Well, you start out at level 30. No, but and it, you go up to level 60. Oh. So, instead of starting at level 1, like you would if you started a, new, a brand new game, you're starting at level 30. <laughs> so, you're you're in, like, the first couple missions, and you're just fucking, <laughs> fucking dudes but up. But do, do the enemies <laughs> um, know that you're level 30, and they work with it? Or is it um, they're level 1 enemies that you're fighting? They're, like, level 1 enemies, and you're just kind of fucking them up. And then... And then event, after a couple missions, they start to scale up to your difficulty. Okay. So eventually, eventually they start to feel on par with you. But in the beginning, you feel like really overpowered, and it just—it's really satisfying. Like you're just like, because huh. I was—I I, all right. So for my history of my character, in the first game, I played as a soldier because I didn't really understand the the whole biotic tech abilities. Like I didn't get them. I just didn't. I don't know. I. I was more I was more engrossed in the storyline than the gameplay, because in Mass Effect One the gameplay was kind of secondary, 
Like, it was just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to shoot this guy a hundred times until he dies. Like, I didn't have to do anything really drastically difficult or anything like that. It was just like, yeah. you know, I don't know. It, it, it was more about the storyline than anything. Then in Mass Effect 2, they, they put more emphasis on the gameplay as well. So, that, you know, the storyline was still a big part, but they, they, they made the gameplay more of a tactical shooter where you have to kind of find cover. And they had elements of that in the first game, but it, it wasn't anything necessary. Like, I could just run at dudes and just keep shooting them until they die. But how am I able to... How do I keep dying? Because you picked a crappy character. You be a soldier and you'll and you'll kick ass. But I want to be able to use warp in the first game. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You said use warp in the second game. And well, right. I, yeah, it's, that was like my move in the second game. Like, And th- th- that's part of it, too. Like, in the second and third game... You know, picking your 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 squad mates also matters because you because if you're like for me my in the second game I decided to make him an adept because if you played the second game you know that he dies in the beginning and they and Cerberus remakes him and makes him stronger and he's the six million dollar man basically so I decided eh, that makes sense let's make him an adept because that would make sense he you know he was a normal dude before now now they remade him why not make him why not make him a biotic why not like. So then I started getting into that gameplay where, you know, I started using biotic combos and, and stuff. And, you you know, you have, as an adept, you have warp and singularity, and they're good against armor, armored opponents. And and then you have other abilities like, like sabotage, and those are like the tech abilities that were good against shields. So you always had to have that, like, techie guy with you. But then you could have the, your guy and then the other biotic character, so you could just do biotic combos, like, all the time. <laughs> And it would just you would just massacre everything and so on and so forth, and and pretty much that gameplay has still transferred over into Mass Effect Three. Um, the nice thing is in Mass Effect Two, depending on the character class you chose, you had to use a particular weapon. Like they, you didn't have a choice. You were just like you were a pistol if you were an adept, or if you were a soldier, yeah, you first, had the, the first one rifle. had the same thing. Yeah, it was it was kind of the same. Well, in the first game, you could use just about any like you could use every weapon. Like didn't matter what you were, you just had all the weapons on you. Just pull them out. No, you may not have been very good with them, but you had them all. No, like as a soldier, you could do that, but as yeah. a vanguard, you can only use the, uh, the one or two. Yeah. But See, I, I only understand. played as a soldier. But I understand. What, I understand what you're saying, though. But so, but in this game, what they did instead of doing that, they said, "Well, you know, he's been in. He's been through two suicide missions, basically already. Just give him whatever weapon he wants to use. Same with the other characters. So you could be an adept, and you could have a sniper rifle." Or you could be, uh, you know, a vanguard, but then have a, a you know, a, a, an assault rifle. You could put whatever weapon you wanted on, on the character. What they did was, they sort of penalized you if you put too many weapons on the character. So, like, your powers would slow down if you had too many weapons. Like, if you were weighed down. That was kind of like, you know, it's the kind of, like, old classic RPG, like, you have too much equipment, you can't you can't run anymore, so you have to walk really slow. Yeah. But instead, it was, you know, it slows down your actual powers. Yeah. So, you know, it made kind of it kind of made sense. And, and I, I like that kind of, because it gave you the option to do whatever you wanted. Yeah. The weapons situation was a little bit more free-ended, more open-ended. Okay, that's good. Which was cool. Um, it's nice to be able to pick whatever weapon you wanted to use. I mean, I got used to playing the Mass Effect 2 way, so I just pretty much kept, like, the same adept like a loadout that I had in Mass Effect 2 I just kept the, like the pistol and the SMG and just just went through the game like yeah. that you know um, but you could you could ex- experiment which was which was cool 
Multiplayer. Okay, they tacked on this multiplayer. And actually, it's very addictive, and it's actually fun. Because it's, Is it local or just online? It's, it's online. It's online multiplayer. Um, you basically get a squad of four people, and you it's like horde mode. If, if, you, if anybody's played Gears of War, or if you've played zombie mode in any of the Call of Duty games, it's kind of like that. You just have waves of enemies that come at you. Yeah. And you're Basically, all playing Shepard, essentially. Well, you're playing you're playing as a character that you make. Like you make you make an adept or a vanguard or a soldier or whatever, and they and you have and you un, you can unlock different races. So you don't have to just be a human. Eventually, you'll unlock like a, a, a you know an Asari or a Salarian or a Turian. Oh, so it's now it is, so like it is now all RP all FPSs where you unlock the more you play online, the more yeah. shit you unlock. Yeah. Um, and, and you do level up your character, like, you, you level up to level 20, and you, and it, and you put, you know, you put your power points in, just like you do in the single player game, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, so it, it does play like regular Mass Effect, like, it's, you're just playing with other people, you're not, you know, you're not playing against, you're not playing against other people, you're playing as a squad, because it wouldn't yeah. really make sense to have, like, mm-hmm. oh, you guys play as, as the, as the the humans and you guys play as the reapers like that doesn't make sense just doesn't make sense yeah. and they tie it into the regular game by the more you play the multiplayer game the more the galaxy is <clears throat> ready to go to war with the reapers basically it affects it actually affects your single player game it's not required you don't need to do it but you should do but it. But depending on where you are in the game and how much stuff you've gotten, and I'll talk about the war effort in a second, um, like, it could be necessary to get the better endings. So, okay. So it's, you know, like, they're, 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 they're going to reward you for playing the game more. <laughs> like, that's, that's basically how okay. it works. So explain the war effort. All right, so the war effort, as you go through the game, everything you do in the game gives you these point values that go towards your 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 um gala- uh, military strength. So you have you have your estimated military strength. I don't I don't remember if that's what it's called, but it's your estimated military strength and your effective military strength. So and the galaxy at war percentage that you get from multiplayer affects how, what your effective so your your the lowest it goes is 50%. So if your if your if your uh, uh, military strength is at four thousand, your effective military strength would be only at two thousand, which is not high enough to get a good ending, basically. Yeah. Um, but if you if you beef that up, like you'll get the better endings as you go. Since I'm a completionist, and I've played all the other two games and I've tried to get everything, and I was I was super paragon, just so everybody knows, I I was. The only there was only all right. There was only two instances in Mass Effect Three where I did when I where I went Renegade, and there were the two times when I wanted to kill the bastard so bad that I didn't give a shit, and that was with Udina. Just so everybody know, this is a spoiler. Udina turns out to be a Cerberus operative. He's also the counselor to the. He's the council member of for. For the humans, he's essentially a Palpatine. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, he he's he was the ambassador in the first game, and he was a douchebag. And I made sure that Anderson became the became the the, the counselor after the end of the first game. And then Anderson with this because this is the other cool thing, which I, I 
failed to mention is that if you've read the books, the books actually tie into this game. They actually bring in Kaylee Sanders. So Keith David gets laid. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. He's Keith David. He's um, gonna get laid. He should get laid, but yeah. Um, they bring in those the characters from and they and they talk about those things. So that that's that's the other thing is like Mass Effect Three. I think if you just played that game without actually reading the books, some of it's going to be lost on some people. Because there's there's a character in the game that basically, the elusive man, in, like basically indoctrinates through, um, basically like implantation of cybernetics and all this shit, and becomes a tool of the Reapers, this particular guy. So then, so this is like, this leads into some of the stuff that happens in Mass Effect 3 with, with Cerberus and stuff. So... If and and you and you learn about some of this stuff later on in the game, but they talk about it in like a matter of fact way, like they just expect you read the books. Luckily for me, I have, but not everybody might, may have. So then people probably were like, "What are they even talking? Who's this Grayson guy? Like whatever." So pretty much, if I'm getting this right, you're saying that Mass Effect is the dot hack theory, but done right. Yeah, you have to be completely embedded in the storyline. All you need was a TV show, and it would have been essentially the dot .hack project, but it would have worked. It worked better. Yeah, it just you have to play all the games, you have to read all the books, you have to be fully engrossed yeah, in the that's game. That's what the dot .hack project. Otherwise, was. the game doesn't have any meaning to you. Like you don't. That's the thing. I think a lot of people, a lot of people that complain about the game and about the, this last game is that they didn't really have a real Grounded. connection with. Any of the, any of it, they they played Mass Effect Two and they liked it because it was you know they liked Mass Effect Two for whatever reason, you know, and then they played Mass Effect Three and then they were like because they didn't really like I've been with these characters since Game One and there's there's people that have been playing since Game One and probably are, are upset about the ending too but and that's the people that I want I want to really hear the people that have actually actual opinions about it not just just the 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 ranting but anyway back to what i was saying um the game does tie in like everything in the universe everything books comics all of it even the comics i didn't read the comics i i know a little bit about them because the comics weren't weren't that great but they tie in plot lines from that too like like aria talok who's the you know the leader of the gangsters on on um on, o on Omega, she ends up on the Citadel because Cerberus kicks her out of Omega, and that happens in the comic books. And if you didn't read the comic books, you wouldn't know that. But like, I knew a little bit about the comics, so I knew what happened. Like, I was like, "Oh, she's here. Yeah, okay, that makes sense." Um. So, um, since I'm a completionist and I had to do everything, I had over th seven thousand, and I think I had, I think I ended up with seven thousand two hundred and eighty. Effect, uh, effective military strength because I played the multiplayer as well um, that's like the cap like that's like that's as most you can get everything you do in the game leads gives you that score and depending on your choices you get either a higher score or a lower score you may get no score from it because you might kill people off that, yeah. you, that were could have been your allies um, so essentially when in the scenes where you see where everyone's getting ready for war it shows if it's that scene when you're looking in the sky with whoever your 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 love interest is, 
I'm assuming your game it was full of ships, not just like this just empty with one little ship. Yeah, no, like I had I had like the entire armada come. Like everybody came and tried to fight off the Reapers. Like unfortunately and and these these are the little things that kind of I think are backtrack a little bit. You know, you make all these choices in the game and you kind of expect there to be all these different endings at the end, you know, depending on what you do. And all the endings are kind of the same. They're all the same cinematic with different colors. That's it? Yeah, kind of. Well, depending. Because if you did really poorly, if you kind of suck at video games, which a lot of people, I think, did, and that's why they were so upset about the game, because they got to the end of the game and they blew up Earth, even though they they were like, oh, I'm trying to save Earth, and then the Earth blew up. Well, that's because you didn't get enough military strength because you suck at the video game. Like, that's... That's basically, like, some some people that, like, complained about the game, like, I read their article, like, they wrote an article about it, and they're like, oh, Earth just got blown up. What did I do wrong? Well, you're an idiot. That's what you did wrong. Sorry. Like, seriously, you're you're dumb. You don't know how to play a video game, clearly. Because you had no idea what the what the best choices were. You know, simple as that. Um, but, like, a couple, like, when you, if you get, like, the best ending... And depending on what you pick, they're pretty much all the same ending. Except whether the the only thing that changes is do the Reapers die or do they just leave. But I'll, I'll get into more of it in a second. Um, uh, my Shepherd was a paragon. He tried to save everybody. He tried to make everybody all nice and happy. So, like, I saved the Geth. I saved synthetic people. I saved human, you know organic people i tried to save everybody throughout my gameplay so like i was trying to you know i tried i cured the krogans i did all the things i tried to get everybody to be to health so that was my that was my goal you know some people play as a renegade and then they're like oh why did you fucking why did the game punish me well because you played as a renegade you played as a douchebag of course it's going to punish you for being a douchebag and that's what's gonna happen. You have the bad ending because you're the bad guy. Yeah, yeah it's like, uh, duh. You don't care. Yeah, right. You don't care. So Earth blows up. Deal with it. Like, duh. Anyway, so when I got to the ending, all right. So you get you get to Earth. The war starts. You have the Crucible, which is the big thing that you built throughout the game, or that you didn't build, but people built, and it's supposed to connect with the Citadel, and then it's supposed to destroy the Reapers or do whatever. Blah blah blah. All right, so you're going and you're trying, and you have to. You're, you go to Earth. You're fighting off the Reapers. You try to. You have to get to this beam to get to launch you to the Citadel so you can fire the weapon. All right, and this is where this is where the the controversy starts. Okay, um, you're run. You have to run to the to the beam, which that part didn't really make sense to me anyway. Because like everybody's got like Makos around you, and you're all like going towards the beam, and like why am I running? Why am I not in a fucking Mako driving towards it? But anyway, um, so as you're running, the be like the beam just you you get to a certain point, and your guy just kind of stops, and he goes ah, and the beam hits you. And then next thing you know, it's like it's almost like the death screen where you have all the red and shit, and it's like everything looks all bloody and yeah evil. And you wake up, and you have to, like, walk over to the to the beam. And, you know, and, like, and, you know, I was playing on Insanity, by the way, so just so everybody knows, I'm playing on Insanity, so I'm not, I'm not copping out here. You have to, you, you have a little pistol. And this is, this is evidence number one of, of, of the theory that I'm going to come up with, but, uh, you know, in, in the ending itself. 
you have a gun. All of a sudden, you don't have the HUD anymore. The the, the you know the the display. Like you don't have like your health anymore. You don't have ammo. Nothing. You just have this magic gun that you can just fire all over the place as much as you want. Whatever doesn't matter. You can just shoot it wherever you shoot it. Whatever. It never runs out of bullets. Now the entire game you're playing, you have ammo. You can't shoot more than a certain amount of rounds mm -hmm. with any particular gun. Like you you have a limited amount of ammo. And he just has automatic ammo, whatever, for for forever. Okay, so that that's first evidence think, right there. I think I know where you're going okay, with this. Yeah. Okay. So, so you got like these three uh, three uh, husks coming at you. They're they're basically like just the dudes that just kind of run at you, and you have to cap them. And the first couple times, you know, obviously, like it's all in like slow mo, but you're like you have crappy aim because you keep like wobbling back and forth and shit. So it took me a while to get used to it and actually kill them. Then you keep walking, and you keep walking, and then a marauder comes out. And a marauder is 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 a Turian that's turned into a, a Reaper, you know, thrall basically. And he and he comes out and he shoots you, and you're like, oh! And then you have to aim at him, and you have to shoot him in the head. Now, now that's kind of hard because the gun keeps moving up and down, and you can't freaking aim very well. Because I'm playing on in freaking sanity, and I'm because I'm trying to get the achievement. Now, I can't turn the vo the game difficulty down because if I turn it down, you don't get the I don't get the achievement. So I'm like, it took me like an hour to fucking beat this fucking thing. And maybe I'm just a retard. Maybe I'm not good at shooters. But that was a pain in the ass. That was like, that was the one thing in the ending that actually pissed me off. In the last 15 minutes of the game, it pissed me off. Like, I gotta fucking shoot this guy with a fucking pistol in the head. Like multiple times, you have to because because on insanity you've got to shoot him like multiple times. You can't shoot him once and he dies. Yeah. Because he's got like shields on and you're like fucking a like come on, ah. And it and he only gets staggered if you hit him in the head. Finally, I do it. I get to the beam. I go up to the beam. I end up on the citadel. Okay. And I'm I'm in this corridor. And there's the keepers. The keepers are the little bug things that like control the citadel like they yeah. keep it running and there's just dead bodies everywhere and the dead bodies all look kind of odd like they don't look like they're really there they just kind of they're just there yeah. and they're weird looking like they're not like you can't really see facial features on any of them now it could just be a, a programming thing but yeah. it could also be an aesthetic thing Might like be. you're not really supposed to see their features you're not really supposed to see what they look and you can't shoot the keepers. You can shoot them, but it doesn't do anything. They just look at you. Like, they don't... You don't hit them. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. And you still have this magic gun. I don't know why you're still carrying around the freaking gun. Why are you picking up... Well, he, he wakes up, and he, and he gets up, and he picks up the gun, and he takes it with him. Like, why? You're on the Citadel. There's nobody around. Everybody's dead. Clearly, everybody is dead in front of you. You don't need a fucking... A pistol's not gonna save you. You're already, you just got shot with a beam. You're, all your armor is fucking destroyed, yeah. and you're fucking with a pistol. Like yeah. you're not gonna, you're not gonna kill anything that comes at you. So why are you even gonna pick it up? Anyway, so you walk through the corridor, you get to the thing, and Anderson's somehow made it onto the citadel. Also, Anderson is Keith David. He's the the admiral of the United States Navy. Blah blah blah, or not the United States, the, the alliance Navy. alliance Navy. Um. So he, so he's he says, oh, I came up on the beam after you. Now, when you're get, trying to get to the beam, there's nobody around but people who are dead. 
Everybody is obliterated around you. There is no sign of Anderson laying anywhere. He, there's like nobody's around. None of your squad mates around. You don't even see the dead bodies of your squad mates because you just assume everybody died because everything is fucked up. Yeah. So that's that's other evidence right there. Like nobody else is around. And then miraculously, you're up on the Citadel and he just he just happens to be there and he's talking to you through a comm, which I don't even know how that's even possible because your fucking shit's got blown up. Like, your armor and shit is completely tore up. Your, like, arm is, is completely, like, you know, like, bare. Like, his, like, armor is ripped off. How did the little communicator in your ear fucking survive? How did... Uh, it wasn't planted. Maybe. maybe, I don't know. So he's talking to you. He's like, oh, I came up behind you, and, and I'm somewhere else in the Citadel. I'm in this weird dark corridor. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. So you walk, and you walk, and you walk, and you go through the corridor, and you hit this, like, chasm of, of shit, and you walk up the thing, the ramp, and there's Anderson standing in front of you at the fucking terminal, but he came up behind you, he got there after you did, but somehow he beat you there. Yeah. And there's no other way to get into this, into, there's, it's this round room. The only path to this round room is the path you took. So how the hell did he get there? Like, it doesn't make any sense. How does he get there? He just magically, like, walks there. Okay. Okay, so there's no way for him to actually get there. And he's and he, and he loses control of his body. He, he starts, you know, like he looks like a marionette because he can't control his body. And the elusive man shows up. And then you see the, start, you see the black lines start to show up on the screen. And Shepard starts getting indoctrinated. He can't move. And... And this is big spoilers. All of this is big spoilers. All right. But I'm pretty sure that by now, everybody has seen this. Everybody has even has either investigated it online or... YouTubed it. Or... Yeah, YouTubed it because it's all over YouTube. Um, okay, so, so the Elusive Man, long story short, basically forces you to shoot Anderson. And you shoot him in the side. You shoot him in the left side. Like in his, in his like stomach, in his left side. And he goes, ugh. When you when you do it, all right. You shoot him somewhere else. He does it. Then you know there's a problem. Well, he just you shoot him there every single time. You, shoot, you just shoot him in that same spot. Um, and you can and, and depending on how the conversation goes, you can make the elusive man shoot himself. You can I, that's what I did. I made him commit suicide. He's basically indoctrinated. He's like half like husk. He's got like the like the deformed face yeah. and stuff like that. Um. And he's like, he keeps trying to tell you, I can control the Reapers, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, you can't. Shut up. Die. But the good way, do you let him control the you Reapers? Can, well, no, you can shoot him. He basically either kills you, you kill him, or he kills himself. If he kills you, then the game ends. You just get game over, and you have to start over at the beginning of the, of the, the mission. The machine, yeah. Yeah. Um, what I did, I had, him, I had him kill himself. Now, you go, and you sit down, and you have this nice little poignant moment of, like, of... Shepard and Anderson, like, kind of like, you know, saying goodbye kind of thing. Like, like, we made it, you know, we did it, you know, how, you know. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's very nice and cool. And then all of a sudden it shows Shepard holding his side. And he looks at his hand and his hand is covered in blood. And Anderson's sitting next to him because Anderson just, just passes away, like, next to you. He dies after, next to you. And then your hand, and your hand, and then it shows you. Take your hand off of your side, which is the same exact place where, guess what? Shepard shot Anderson when the Elusive Man made him shoot him. 
You weren't bleeding from that spot before. He wasn't holding his side the entire time that he was walking. Like, he was, he was kind of limping because he was hurt, but he wasn't holding his side or bleeding to death. Like, you're bleeding, to, like, the blood is coming out of the, on, on your hand. Like, it's yeah. like your hand is covered in blood. So that's evidence number two that, that my the theory that I'm going to say is correct. But, so that's, that's, that's two pieces of evidence. Um, so, and then, like, you know, and then all of a sudden, uh, Admiral Hackett calls you. I don't know how he freaking understands that you survived because everybody thought everybody died. When when you got when you got hit with the beam, going you know, but the Reaper beam co- go trying to get to the the teleporter thing. They basically say like when you wake up, they're like everybody, nobody survived. Everybody, you had to pull out. Nobody's there anymore. Like, so how does Hackett know that you're on the fucking Citadel? Doesn't make any sense. You're just on the Citadel, and he just happens to talk to you. Like, how did he know? And you have to do something. You have to do something. And you and you and you kind of like I don't know what to do, and you just kind of pass out, and then and then the platform raises up and you go up into this thing and then you meet the little boy okay so first thought so so there's some evidence right there back at the Hackett thing how does Hackett know to talk to you because he yep. he should at this point assume that you're dead basically. Oh, well the boy would have been more of a yeah. but anyway um so then you you go up to the thing and, and you get the little boy he's like a little star child like he's like he's like a hologram kind of thing yeah but he looks like the little boy that's been haunting Shepard the entire game because cause he's a little boy that dies in the beginning of the game, and I'll get I'll get I'll backtrack to that a little bit. Um, and he gives you your your options. Now, if you didn't get enough military strength, you only get two options. You either get to control the Reapers, or you get to destroy the Reapers. Now, this is the interesting thing, and and I was playing the game at like two a.m. when I finally beat this, so I kind of I kind of got confused when I was looking at it. But now that I think back on it, it makes perfect sense. Okay, he's like, he's like the, he's supposedly the catalyst, and he's supposedly, I, I'm just going to call him God. He's God. He's he's the creator of life. That's okay. basically what I think he is um, in this in this particular universe. And he basically explains the Reapers are his solution to stop chaos. Basically, the theory is that human, you know, like organic life, humans and aliens and whatever else, will eventually make artificial intelligence, i.e. synthetic life, and synthetic life will eventually overtake organic life and kill everybody. That's basically the theory. So the Reaper, the whole point of the Reapers is to wipe out the most intelligent races so that way they can't create AI that'll wipe out everybody in general, so they only they only kill out like the people that are like the the races that are the top top races. They don't kill like the the still race the races that are like still kind of prehistoric yeah. or or you know not not developed. They leave them alone. Apparently, that's what they say anyway. And they take those races and they turn them into reapers. They harvest them and turn them into reapers. And that was one of the big things in the second game with the collectors. The collectors were Protheans. They were the, the, the species that existed before. Yeah. The last time the, 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 the mm-hmm. universe got purged. They were Reapers. They, they were they were Protheans that the Reapers indoctrinated and turned into their, you know, their henchmen. Mm. And they basically went around collecting human beings to make a human Reaper. So you're making, you know, and, and in the end of Mass Effect 2, which I thought was kind of silly, 
he had this big boss fight with a giant human reaper thing. Which everybody at the time was like, this is stupid. Why do we have this stupid boss fight at the end of the game? It doesn't make any sense. I'll go back to the some of the the some of the stuff later on. And there's a big and there's a big part of the storyline with with the whole artificial intelligence, virtual intelligence, like like we can't have AI because AI is evil and it's going to kill us. And like yeah. that's been a theme throughout the three games, like all along. So you get you get the little you get the the kind of the explanation from the from the, the Star Child or God or whatever he is. And they show you the the control. You can control the Reapers. It will kill you, but it, you can control them. Okay, so and it, but it, and it shows you a little cinematic of the elusive man trying to control the Reapers, but it's blue, which is the color of Paragon in the Mass Effect. You know, in you know, if if anybody's go going all the way back to like Knights of the Old Republic, you know, you had you had the good force and the bad. You know, dark and light. Yeah. Light was blue and and dark was red. Yeah. It's the same thing. So they're showing it as blue, like it has like a blue hue over everything, and it's but it's the elusive man doing it. So it's like you kind of think that the elusive man is the good guy, but he, clearly he's not the good guy in the game at all. He's awful. He sucks. Yeah. He's the worst. So then, then they show you, oh well, then you could you could also destroy us, but you'll also destroy all other synthetic life in the in the universe. So that's the other part that's kind of like weird. It's like. The kid kind of like he's kind of like trying to get you to do the other one, yeah. the the one on the left. But then he, then with the one on the right, he's like, no, this is kind of bad. You don't want to do this one because if you do this, you're gonna kill all the synthetic life, and your part synthetic because Cerberus rebuilt you when you died in the second game. So like, it, so he's kind of like trying to not get you to do that one, and they show you that one, and then that's like the Renegade color. It's red, but who's doing the destroying? It's Anderson. They show Anderson shooting the thing and blowing it up. So those are your two options. If you get enough military strength, you give you the third option, which is synthesis. And you basically, there's like a green beam in the middle of the room, and you run and jump into the beam, and your organ all organic life and all synthetic life just kind of merge into one consciousness. Like they all, they or not one consciousness, but they all become part synthetic, part organic. Uh -huh. Everything. Everything in the universe becomes part, like Plants become part syn syn synthetic and everything, but there you die too. So you die in the, the first choice, you die in the in the middle choice, but they don't really tell you what happens if you blow everything up. They don't tell you. He doesn't tell you. Did that. you try all three? I've tried all three. I've done all three. Well, I've seen all three. I didn't. I didn't do the control. Well, no, I did actually try them all three. I eventually did the the third one because. So my first playthrough. I'm, I'm sitting there, and this is again, this is 2 o'clock in the morning. I've been playing this game for like 12 hours straight. I'm like, I just want to beat it. I'm, so I, the, I, immediately I just go, okay, green must be, the, must be the, the, the best ending. Like it must be the ending that you get when you when – because you, you, you have your two options, and then you have like the third option, and the third option is kind of like off the wall. It's kind of like the wild card. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen, but you're going to – so that's usually the option you get for doing the most stuff in the game. Yeah. So I picked that one, and and as I was doing it, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know what? Yeah, that makes sense. I saved the Geth, I saved the humans, I saved the Krogan. I tried to save everybody. Synthesis makes sense for my character. I'm trying to save everybody. I'm trying to so by making everybody part organic and part synthetic, the Reapers don't need to be, exist anymore. So then everybody's safe. 
So that was my intention. And you get the little, you get the cinematic, which is the same cinematic every single time. Joker crash lands on the planet, and he comes out with Edie, and Edie's the the AI from the, the ship that takes a huge, like takes a body, and he's he's macking it with her throughout the game. And I and I could encourage them to to get together. So they come out, and they're all happy, and blah blah blah. And I was like, I was like, eh. I, but it was like it so was Joker's like, the only survivor. No, no, no. Everybody else comes out of the ship with them too. Well, not. You see one person come out, and it happens to be Tally in my game, but it could have been somebody else in somebody else's game. I don't know. They just pick random character that comes out. Yeah. And 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 the ending was like, I was like, okay, I get it. All right. So they end up happily ever after. But how did my crew members that were with me when I got blown up with the laser beam? How'd they get back up on the Normandy? And how were they escaping from the beam that was chasing them through the? The universe. I was like, this doesn't really make sense. And I was just kind of confused. I was kind of like, eh. Yeah. So then, so then I said, okay, let me let me go back. And and luckily, the game gives you a little save file right before you make your choice. <laughs> it gives you that, like, save file, like, right at the end right of the game. It's, well, it's, it's, it's back a little ways, but you can go. But by then, I got the achievement already, so then I didn't care. I, I turned the difficulty way down. I didn't have to fight any husks. I just had to fight that one guy. And I only had to shoot him twice because he was uneasy. So, okay. Because I didn't care at that point. I was just trying to see what the other endings were. And I and I got up to the thing and I said, okay, now between the other two choices, what would I pick? I don't want to control them. That's That doesn't seem like what my character would do. So you blow them on a hill. You, you, right. Because the whole point is you're trying to stop the Reapers from killing everything. So what do you do? You, you blow up the Reapers. That stops them from killing everything. So I chose that one. And since I had the most blah, blah, blah. You know, you shoot the thing, blows up, same cinematic as, as before with the green, except it's now it's red. It's a diff- it's just different color. Whatever. So I'm like, okay. So blows up, the Reapers die instead of instead of just flying away like they do in the other ending. And then the same cinematic happens with with Joker and the Normandy trying to escape the thing and and they blow up and they crash land. And then Joker comes out with with Tally and some other character. And Edie's not there. So, and that was, again, like, it was supposed to kill all synthetic life, so I assume Edie died, all the Geth died, all the Reapers died. That's what you assume. And then, a sec- couple seconds later, it shows rubble. And it's not, you don't know what where the rubble is, or, or you know, you don't know if you're on the Citadel, or if it's on Earth, or whatever. And it just kind of pans over, and you see your N7 armor with your, with your dog tags. And all of a sudden you see... <gasps> see like the chest and you hear the <gasps> like like you like he's waking up yeah and you're like i'm like okay so if you're the bad guy you're selfish so you wake up that was my interpretation of it when i first saw it i was like i was like you're the bad guy you're out for yourself you don't care about anybody else so you get to survive because you're a douchebag basically like my like my interpretation of it at the time was all right my shepherd is he will he's willing to sacrifice himself to save everybody else so if you destroy everything, you're being selfish, so you get to survive because you're a selfish douchebag. That was my interpretation of it. Okay. So a couple days, you know, they go by. I'm, I'm, I start watching some of the videos and reading some of the articles. And I found what is now called the indoctrination theory, which after I've watched a couple of the videos and read a lot of the stuff, makes total sense in the, in the game. In, in the scope of the entire game makes perfect sense, alright? So going back all the way to the beginning of the game, 
you are on Earth, you're with Anderson, you go into this building, and there's the little boy who's, like, hiding in a vent, and you see him, and, and you're like, hey, you know, come here, and, and the boy immediately, doesn't matter what you say to him, the boy says, you can't save me, and then Anderson comes over, he's like, Shepard, come here, and you turn around, and you look back, and the boy's gone. Anderson didn't hear him, you're the only one who sees him, period, end of story. And then, you know, you go on. And you move on, and you go along, and you you get on the Normandy at, at the end of the mission, of the first mission, and and you see, the, and, and Shepard's, like, looking down, and you see the people trying to escape. They're trying to get on the shuttle to escape from the Reapers. And you see the little boy, and he comes running by. And you have, you know, you got, like, you got soldiers there, and they're all standing there, and they're, like, helping people get on. And somehow they just miraculously don't notice this little kid running around. How do you not notice a little kid running around in the middle of a war zone? Like you that's don't. it's got to stick out like a sore thumb. But yeah. anyways, um, and he like climbs up on the shuttle, and he looks up at Shepard, and Shepard looks at him, and the door is closed. But nobody helps him up onto the shuttle. Nobody notices him. Nothing. Hmm. He just gets on there, and then the shuttle gets blown up. So then, so the kid got, dies, and nobody else notices that this kid dies except for Shepard. And then Shepard starts having nightmares. He keeps having these nightmares where he has to keep chasing these, chasing the kid through through a forest, and keeps hearing whispers in the background, and these and these like shadows of, of people and stuff. And in the, and the kid every time he he finally gets to the kid, the kid turns just bursts into flames. And this is the dream. This is like a recurring dream he has throughout the game. So, so that's so this is where it kind of comes into play, all right. And then all of a sudden, oh look, you're in, you're on the Citadel, and who's the fucking Star Child? Oh, it's the same fucking kid that died in the fucking beginning of the game. Hmm, that's that's not coincidental at all. Like they didn't do that; they did that on fucking purpose. Yeah, like, it was like clear. So the indoctrination theory is basically like the last basically twenty minutes of the game didn't really happen. It's in your head. It's in your head. You're being indoctrinated. Like you're you've been being indoctrinated throughout the game, but now like this is the real like this is the moment of truth, like whether you actually are indoctrinated or whether you can fight off their their shit. And it's like it's like a big dream. Like that's 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 the theory anyway. So the entire game all three or just No, 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 no. No, just the last 20 minutes. The last 20 minutes is a dream. Everything else has happened. It's all real. Everything else is real. It's just this last bit but like Shepard has been having like he's because all right the basically like the, the premise of, of all three games is like the more you are around the Reapers and you're around Reaper technology and all these things the more the more you're um, around it the more easy it's in, to indoctrinate you it like you know it's like that's it starts to like get into your head and now you're you're Commander Shepard, and you've fought off two Reapers. You were inside a, a derelict Reaper in the second game. You you you're you're fighting Reapers throughout the fucking whole game of Mass Effect Three. Like, it wouldn't make he has such willpower that he can't be indoctrinated. That doesn't make any sense. Like everything can be indoctrinated. Like that's the whole point. Like the Reapers are like they they can they can indoctrinate you really fast and just turn you into like a monster really quick. Or they can fuck with your head for years and years and years. 
then they can just continually fuck with you, you know, and like, so they, so they kind of make you think that you're doing what you want to do, even though you're, you're doing, doing what they want. Yeah, to do. they want you to do. So this is kind of like the part that this is where the indoctrination theory kind of comes from is, okay, this kid dying, this kid wasn't really there in the first place. It's just, it's like Shepard, it's, it's basically the embodiment of all Shepard's doubts about beating the Reapers. And the, sh- and the Reapers are using this, you know, child to be the way they indoctrinate him. Because uh, they, it, see, this is the one thing about the game that you have to kind of, like, some people don't really listen to the, the little sound bites from, like, they have, like, the codex. Yeah. You go through, and for most games, you don't even bother looking at it, like, whatever. But they, like, they actually, there's, like, a thing where they talk about indoctrination. And when you listen to the guy speak, and, he, and he's, what he says, you're like, holy shit, that's what's happening in this game, like, right now. Like, the, the whispers, the, the sounds, the, you know, the, the things that you see in, in, the, in, in his dream, like, they all kind of fit that description. So he's been being indoctrinated throughout the whole game. And at this point, it's like the Reapers are really trying to fucking, because he's pretty much about to beat them. So now they have to really put on the fucking, you know, like, they really got to fucking, you know, go to town on his brain. They ha- nothing they've done up until this point has worked, so now they got to really fucking so see, so, hammer it so home. So what does each one mean, then? Does that well, mean that- this is the thing. Okay, so... So... Red mean he's going, going, going back to my, my little pieces of evidence, alright? It doesn't make sense to have him having a gun that's, you know, completely ammo-lessness. Yeah. Like, it just keeps shooting. It doesn't make sense that Anderson somehow ma- miraculously gets to the fucking thing with... Without any other corridor to get there, like, and also the, the the injury. Yeah, the injury that you know, all those things, those those little pieces that you, if you notice them, it's like, oh, like after you, like after I saw that and saw the explanation for them, it was so glaringly obvious that I was like, why didn't I see this myself? Like I felt stupid. I honestly felt dumb that I, that they got one over on me. Like I was like, because like I was so into this game and then I felt like an idiot because I'm like, oh, they fucking tricked me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh. So that, you know, and basically, like, the whole conversation between Anderson and Shepard and, and the Elusive Man on the Citadel is, like, the Elusive Man is the Reapers trying to indoctrinate you. And Anderson is the embodiment of Shepard's, like, consciousness that's trying to tell him to s- don't listen to them. It's like, the Elusive Man is the Reapers and An- Anderson is Shepard's conscience. And they're, like, fighting over him. It's basically, like, like the interpretation that I'm getting from it. And, uh... So and you getting shot, shooting, having to shoot shepherds, you're shooting your, your, you're, your, you're, you're, you're basically shooting your own, your own conscience, and basically like it's like the reapers like exacting more control over you, it's like taking away more of your, more of your, you know, free will. Um. So you know, so you get up to the star child, and you get you know, all right. So the paragon choice is controlling the reapers. Which is you. which is the which is what they want you to do. That's that's the Reapers trying to get you to be fully indoctrinated. Like that's like they are turning you into a husk, basically. Because when you when you in when you control the Reapers, basically you get like atomized. Like you just get disintegrated. You die. Your consciousness gets destroyed, and you become a monster. And that's why they show the elusive man. Basically. Like he's he's that's what happens. You 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 fucking that you just lost. That's my interpretation of it. You lost. Synthesis 
the way I think of synthesis is, all right, basically the Reapers are a combination of organic life and synthetic life. They make the Reapers from organic beings. That's how the Reapers are made. So my interpretation now of it after watching the indoctrination theory is that if Shepard picks the, the synthesis version, Shepard becomes a Reaper. That's what I'm thinking. He becomes a Reaper, which is pretty fucking wacky. Because he becomes the embodiment of both organic and synthetic life, like combined. And the other option is, that and then you, the other option you rejects that. You're rejecting the indoctrination. That's why you wake up. You <gasps> you wake up because you've just fought them out of your head. You just stop them. Now the 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 endings. The reason why I think the, the what what I think the endings are supposed to signify is supposed to be like it's supposed to be Shepard's like hopes and his and his like what what he thinks will happen based on what he does it's kind of like a happy dream it's like it's like oh i synthesized so everybody's happy because everybody's a it's it's hippie land you know they're hippie synthetic organic fun reality it, but really really he just became a reaper but it's the reapers indoctrinating him in that way if you control the reapers you just think oh the reapers just went away they left everybody alone which doesn't even make any sense like they're just gonna leave they just left. It's it's ridiculous, you know. Like, oh, everybody just lives happily ever after because the Reapers just decided to go somewhere else. Like, but then you get a. It doesn't make any sense. And like, you turn to a Reaper anyway. Yeah, well, or you're or you're like a fucking you know you're just like a you know like a zombie guy. You destroy them, you wake up. That's you beating them out of your head, like you've gotten them away. Because the, the waking up part happens after the other cinematic that's basically the same for every single ending. <laughs> Which is Earth blowing up. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, or, or Earth... Well, see, if you didn't do a very good job, Earth blows up. If, if you do a good job, Earth doesn't blow up. So, there's, there's a difference. So, from what I'm gathering, you if you're right, then the DLC is going to be you have to go to the... It's the, the essentially the last mission. The DLC is going to be an extension of the game. It's going to be like an expansion pack. That's that was my interpretation. Like after I after I looked at all this stuff, because I expected there was going to be DLC. Because there in this day and age with all video games, if you don't expect them to have DLC after a game, you're you're kidding yourself. Because that's how they make more money off of you. Yeah. Like because there's no used game sales on that. Like you have to buy that directly from them. Yep. Like that's how they're going to make money off of you. Because most people buy used games now, so they don't make as much money off of the actual game sale. They got to make the money DLC. off the DLC, and and that's just that's just economics. Like they're just, mm-hmm. you know, people can be all pissed off about it if they want to be, but that's just the way it's going to be from now on. Like you're just going to have to live with it. No, if you I... don't want to play the DLC, don't play the DLC. Just deal with it. Deal with the ending you got and fucking shut up. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Um, so. What my my at first my thought was, hey, maybe they're gonna actually they're gonna say, oh, April Fools! I thought they were really gonna come out like April April first, and be like, April Fools, Mass Effect Four, get Mass Effect Four. Shepard is actually alive because they've because they've come out and said, Bioware has come out and said, yeah, this isn't the end of Shepard. There's more adventures with Shepard that you're gonna play. Like so, they're basically telling you there's more that you're gonna play with him. He's not dead. He hasn't died. <laughs> so. Interesting. One thing though, did you say you when you chose Paragon earned or Renegade earned? No, it just ends. 
it just ends, it goes to the ending, you have the little cinematic, and then you have, like, the, it's, like, in the future, and it's, like, this old man talking to his grandchild, and it's talking about the shepherd. He's the shepherd. Like, as in, flock of God. <laughs> like, he's basically, like, Jesus. <laughs> you know, like, he sacrificed himself to save everybody else. So that's the other part, like, you're watching the ending, and it's, like, and they're talking about him like he's, a, like, he's basically Jesus. So it's like, you know, it's like the allegory of, you know, like, of, of God and, and Jesus. Like, he had to, he had to sacrifice himself so everybody else could live. Like, so that was, like, that was, that was the interpretation I was getting, you know, when I first finished it. Yeah. When I learned this other theory, and then all the evidence started pointing to it, I was like, nah, I think he's supposed to live. I think he's supposed to destroy the Reapers in his head, and that's how he breaks the indoctrination and he's not actually dead. He's ju he just wakes up on Earth. He never actually made it up to the Citadel. He just wakes up on Earth, and the game's not over yet. So now he has to go to the Citadel. Right. He hasn't gone to there yet. He has nothing. None of this has actually happened yet. So my interpretation at this point now is that either they were going to come out with Mass Effect Four, or they were going to say, "Hey, expansion pack. Like here's the rest of the game," or they were going to say, "All right, here's DLC that's free that we're going to announce." That we were gonna make all the, we were gonna do it all the time. We just we wanted to make everybody get all crazy about it. My my interpretation was Bioware planned this the whole entire time. They wanted everybody to get pissed off about the ending and be like, oh, that fucking ending it sucks. Blah, 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 blah. The and then everybody's gonna clamor about, oh, we want a new ending, we want a new ending. And Bioware is doing exactly what they planned the entire time. They're gonna release something in a month or two. That finishes the game, or they're gonna say, or they're gonna Mass come Effect out, 4. and they're gonna say, Mass Effect Four, fuck you, bitches, buy another game. Like that's like I, that's that's immediately what I thought was gonna like, once I once I started seeing those those things. So, so for all the people that are complaining, I feel like you're just playing right into Mass Effect's hands. You've been indoctrinated, as as I've said it on a couple forums. They basically mind fucked you, and you you're doing exactly what they wanted you to do, because I, I you can't you can't tell me that these these people who've come up with three separate games that have amazing storytelling, amazing are gonna, are gonna just end it like that and not had a didn't have a plan? Are you kidding me? They're that retarded. They had like they 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 made this masterpiece of 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 a, of a franchise of three games, and then they just fucking botch up the ending somehow. I, I can't imagine. I it just I can't like it's that's unfathomable. Like I can't believe that that's what it is. You know, it's like a two percent chance. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's just it ridiculous. Like that you really thought that they're they're that poor at storytelling. Like mm -hmm. really? <laughs> what are their responses been on the forum? Well, it's like you know a lot of there's there are a lot of people who believe what I believe in terms of the indoctrination theory, and 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 then there's the people that are just like. Uh, the people who believe that are stupid. Shut your mouth. Blah, blah, blah. They gave us a bad ending. Oh, we typical, want a better oh, ending. Typical form yeah, trolls. it's just it, yeah, it's just it's just people ranting. Like I want to hear somebody with actual evidence from the game that makes that ending bad, that that dis disputes the indoctrination theory. Because I've not heard one thing that anybody said that sounded intelligent to 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 counteract it. I'm open to all the theories. I'm open to all the different interpretations of the ending. It's like any type of book or any type of thing that you watch. Everybody's going to have a different interpretation of it. And I'm open to hearing all of them. But all I hear from the people that say they didn't like the ending 
is that they didn't like the ending and they're never gonna buy a Bioware game again and blah, blah, blah. That's all I hear. Like, there's no actual intelligent conversation. Okay, so we put this to you, yeah. our listeners. Send an email to timbo at spyarkin.com yeah. of if you play the game, what you think. Yeah. And, alright, so then... So that's, that's, that's the whole controversy with the ending right there, in a nutshell. Like, what I think is true... It's probably not what everybody else thinks is true. And you spent but I, 50 minutes of the episode about this. It's because it's it's been on my mind for over a month now. Like I've been because I beat the game. I I didn't un, unfortunately I didn't get to beat the game as quickly as I had wanted because I have to go to work and I don't have time to play video games all day yeah. like some people. I don't. Well, I'm not saying you. I'm saying like people who beat the game like the day after it was fucking released. Maybe no, and then. Cause, cause the people that started complaining about the ending, that was like, that was like within a week of when it was released. So those people played that game like thirty six hours straight. Sorry, I didn't have time for that. I had to play that game like over a period of like three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like so, so I had to sit there and listen to all these fucking rants, and I'm, I'm getting to the ending, and I'm getting to the ending, and I'm like, this ending's gonna suck now. Everybody's ruined this fucking ending for me. And then I beat it, and I was like, okay, I don't see what the big deal was. That was the first thing. Like, I'm confused by the ending. I expect they're probably going to add something to it with either DLC or a new game. Yeah. Like, I expect there's going to be more to the, to the story here. But everybody basically ruined my experience because they were fucking assholes about it. Like, why couldn't you just shut up for a couple weeks? You know, like, just not talk about it. Because the, because the internet trolls yeah. have taken and over. I try and I tried really hard not to read anything about it. Like I kept seeing like aspect ending controversy and blah, 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 blah. and I tried not to read any of it. I tried to keep it out of my mind, but that was there in my brain. I'm like the whole time I'm playing the game and I'm like this game's really awesome. I love the story. Why do you have to ruin the ending for me? Fuck you all. I hate you. You know, it's just like I don't know. It's the same thing as like somebody ruining the ending of a movie. It's just like shut the fuck shut up. <laughs> But anyway, um, I'm, I'm spoiling this because at this point, if you haven't heard these things or seen these things on any forums or IGN or any of those websites, like, I don't, you must be living in a cardboard box and you don't have an Xbox anyway and you're probably not listening to me anyway because you don't have a computer. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, now, overall. Well, okay. I, I do have to talk about a little, uh, one other thing that I have to, about okay. the evolution of the three games, Okay. In the first game, you had the Mako, which was this tank that you drove around in on the planets. Yes. In this square, square map. Every every world had a square map. Yep. Perfectly square. And you had to go around, and you had to find all the shit and everything like that. And everybody complained that it was too tedious and it took too long. It and did. Blah, blah, blah. That was a little annoying. Oh, yeah, it did. Fine. So, what does Bioware do? They say, okay, we're going to address that fact. We're going to kind of fix it. So, what did they do in Mass Effect 2? They had the scanning of the planets. So you went to the planet and you had a little scanny thing and you had to shoot the probes at it. It made it less tedious. Everybody said they were complaining that their fingers hurt after they did it all the time. And people were upset about that. Well, they just did what you asked them to do. They got rid of the Mako. And then everybody started complaining about that there was no Mako anymore. Like, why don't we have the Mako anymore? Because you all fucking complained about it in the first game. Like, they did exactly what you asked them to do. They, you, everybody complained about the Mako, so they got rid of it. And then what they end up doing, they made a DLC with a Mako-esque hovercraft thingy. It was like the same thing. But it was like one mission that you had to do that was like a DLC mission. <laughs> 
So then, so then everybody complained about the scanning thing in Mass Effect 2. So what do they do in, in the third one? They streamline it even more. You don't have to scan for elements. You don't have to scan. You just scan for the one thing. And most of the time, you didn't have to scan very hard. You just you hit the button, and the scanner, it was like right there, and you just hit the button, and you got the thingy, and, and it was like some simple mission that you just had to take back to the Citadel. Well, they what did they do? They streamlined it even more from Mass Effect 2 because everybody complained it was still too tedious in Mass Effect 2. Now it's too easy. Now it's too easy. Now there's there's not enough exploration. We're not doing enough to, to explore the galaxy. Well, that's what the fuck you asked for for two games. You said, don't make us explore so much. And that's what they, they fucking did. Who Like, what the fuck? Why would you complain about the thing that they did for you that you asked them to do? They don't know. Like, like God... I've, I've been waiting to go, like, on a rant about this for, for a month and a half now. Because I'm just like, because everybody complains, there's not enough exploration in this one. That's because you fucking told them you don't want it. Everybody fucking complained about it. Everybody was like, this is fucking stupid scanning thing. Mind-numbing. It really is. It's like, how fucking stupid are people? I don't, I don't understand. I hope the people that have these opinions about the game, like, are listening. Because, seriously... You got what you asked for. They streamlined shit, and you and you fucking got pissed off about it. It was the same thing with the with the leveling system in the first game. The first game, okay, it was a little tedious because you had to get up to level sixty, and and you know there was all the fucking all these things. So they, what they do in Mass Effect Two, they made it really fucking simple. They made it le- thirty levels. It was like you know six bars for each thing instead of like fifteen like it was in the first game or whatever it was. You know, they, they improved the combat to make it more tactical and whatever else like that. And everybody was like, oh, they took all the RPG elements out of the game. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so then what do they do in the third one? They expanded again. They did exactly what you asked them to do. <laughs> like, like they did what you asked them to do after the first game. Everybody said it was too tedious. So then they they, they streamlined it. Everybody complained that they streamlined it. They so made they, it tedious. So they made it. It wasn't tedious. They, they fixed it. It was like, it was the right amount of tedious. Like, it was perfect. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it, you know, Bioware, like the whole time they said, like, we listened to all of your your suggestions from the first two games. And we did exactly what you wanted us to do. Like, we, we, we took your shit into consideration when we made the third game. The thing is that it's the loudest voices are the ones who are heard, mm-hmm. and sometimes the loudest voices are the stupidest voices, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. The other thing is, the the and this was this is the one. Well, I, no, I can charge it. I can, I can charge it for saving charge. Um, the one detriment to the game was they simplified the the um the conversation system a little bit. It's the same system. It's got the wheel. So no more go fuck yourself. But there there wasn't as many options. For a lot of the conversations, it wasn't until later on in the game when you actually started getting the Paragon and the Renegade options, where it gave you more stuff to do. Like it was very simple. Like you either pick this one or you pick that one. That was the one thing. But again, here we go. They were trying to open this game up for a more wider audience, which they tried to do in Mass Effect Two. They tried to make it more open for an, a more wider audience, and that's kind of the evolution of it. Like yes, they kind of. I thought they for me being that I played the first two games with all the complex conversation pieces and I had to really fucking think about like, oh, what, are, what the fuck am I going to say to this person? Like, it, was, it felt a little easy. Felt a little easy. Did it did it hinder my gameplay experience all that much? Not really, because the way I kind of interpreted it was, okay, this is the last game. They got to make a conclusion. They got to end this game somehow. 
They can't have fifty thousand different endings. Like as 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 much as everybody would like to have a different ending for every single one of your characters, like that you've ever made, and that it's had not. A, this isn't it's, Chrono Trigger. It's impossible. Like they can't program all that shit. It would be impo- They would have to have the game would have to be like seven discs. It's like it's just not economical. It doesn't make sense. It's like at that point, I think people are kind of like expecting too much. I was expecting maybe three or four endings at the most, you know, and they actually had more than that. I mean, they were all kind of similar, but they, they all had a little different twist to them. But, I mean, like, you can't have 16 different endings. It's just impossible. In a game with 3D graphics and voice acting and all these things, it would just it would be ridiculously impossible to program, and it would just take up way too much space on the, on the game. Yeah. It's just... And, and honestly... Regardless of whatever your choices were in the game, the ending should be the same. You're trying to stop the Reapers from destroying humanity. Regardless of whether you're an asshole or whether you're a paragon, the goal is still the same. You're still trying to stop the Reapers. Even if you're a douchebag, that's your goal. So the ending should kind of it should kind of force you to to a one conclusion. Either you take it's either you save all the rest of the yeah. universe or you just save the humans and fuck everyone else. Yeah, yeah. That's what it should right, be. Right, right. Exactly. But, so that's kind of the and they kind of set that up for you with that whole indoctrination thing at the end of the game and you know like assuming that there was going to be DLC to finish the storyline or maybe well, there was going to be There a new probably game. is going to be either DLC no, or They're, they're going to come out with it and they said wait till April and now we're into you know we're 4 days into April I'm still waiting for them to, to announce something I uh, you know I, and I and I want to play the DLC I'm excited about it I I want to play the game I've been playing the multiplayer since I beat the game like I've been playing it pretty much every, like not non-stop but like you know I put a couple hours in every every couple days with it, because it's fun. It's because you're basically playing the single player game with other people, so you're still playing the same type of tactics, you know, using using cover and all that kind of stuff to just fight off hordes of reapers or Cerberus guys or or Geth. Sorry, what do you what race are you playing in multiplayer? Human? Uh, I played as different things. I played as a, a human adept. I played as a human engineer. I've played as a Quarian infiltrator, which is like a sniper. Quarian is Quarian is like Tally. Okay, so it's, um, it's uh, yeah. so like a masked person. And I played as a Turian um, uh, Sentinel, which is actually my favorite character so far to play as. Um, and I don't play it traditionally. I don't play it like the way you're supposed because it's got he's got like that armor on, like the yeah. tech armor. And I don't use the tech armor at all. I just play it. I play it for the warp and the overload. Because he's the because the different races different have different powers. They give them different power sets. So you yeah. might be a sentinel for a human, and you might have overload and singularity, and something else. Yeah. You play as a Turian, you get warp, overload, and 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 the armor. So it's like you get like different powers depending on the yeah. thing you pick. So I really like warp, and I really like overload. Those are my two favorite powers in the game. Like, so that's so, so I just play as him, and I just run around with a fucking shotgun and blow people's heads off like up close and personal i just run around overload come up and boom blow their head off or or melee them this is the really cool thing they they made like they made soft melee and like hard melee soft melee you just like kind of whack them with your gun hard melee depending on the type of character you are you either use your omni tool as a blade and you fucking stab them or you or use like a big biotic power or as the sentinel 
you have two Omni Blades, and you basically decapitate them like a fucking ma- uh, fucking Assassin's Creed like double blade, like just go and you just slice their head off. It's fucking awesome. Cool. <laughs> so you just overload them, and then they get all like shocked, and you just run up to them and go. <laughs> so now the question: Worth it? Yes, but you have to play the other two games. That's my that's my. My only thing, you can't just go into this game by itself. It's a trilogy. You're supposed to play it as a trilogy. Sorry. You have to play it. And, and for those of you who have played it, like, you know, I can't let, I can't say, I can't let the last 10, 15 minutes of the game ruin the entire game for me. Because the other 30 hours I spent on it, I enjoyed immensely. I mean, I spent 30 out, 30 plus hours on it, and like, that's, I enjoyed my time playing it. And the last 15 minutes didn't ruin it for me. It may not have been the ending that I was expecting, or even made sense at the time. It sort of makes sense using the, the theory that I'm using at the moment. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to let that ruin the entire game experience for me. I mean, how many movies have we watched and had a terrible ending, and you were like, but the rest of the movie was good? Yeah. I mean, like, the fucking Matrix. I mean, the first two movies were really awesome, and then the third movie was like... I give you the first movie, the second one I won't give you. The second movie sucked because of the third movie. Because no, the third movie ruined all of no. the shit that they were the, introduced My in the opinion is for the second movie, I don't know if we're going to cover the second movie, but why do you have a montage sequence when you could have made that all in the movie? Yeah, I know. That could that looked like yeah. a trailer for the next movie. That drove me up the fucking mm-hmm. wall. Anyway, off that. So totally worth it. I I think it's worth it. I mean, I've I've put in. I all right. I got the collector's edition, so I got the DLC that came with it and all that stuff. And I've 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 had to have spent at least sixty or seventy hours playing it between the game itself and the multiplayer. Yeah. Um, I think that paid for itself at this point. You know, like, I've, I've gotten my money's worth out of it. Um, I'm excited if they come out with more gameplay. If they come out with more DLC, I'll, I'm excited well, about it. We'll have to wait and see. Um, How is the sexy scenes? Eh, they, they, they've toned them down quite a bit. They're not, they're not really... Not as sexy as the last one? Nah, they're kind of, they kind of just, they cut it out before anything happens. Oh, so it's, it's not like the... It's, it's not like, it's like, it's not like the first game with, like, the butt cheeks. And the and the butt crack and the the side boob they don't really they don't really show anything. Uh, but I mean, no. uh, is there anything I'm missing about it? So you covered gameplay, you covered story, you covered the ending, you covered your your gripes, you covered the Mako, you covered your rants. <laughs> um, soundtrack. The music is awesome in it. <laughs> um, every all the music, for the most part, is like it just like it amps you up. And that's one thing, like, the game is very intense. And, and if you've played Mass Effect 2, like, Mass Effect 2 is pretty intense if you're playing on Insanity. Like, you're, you're always like, oh my god, there's something going to kill me. Like, you, you got to really fucking think on it real quick. You can't just, you know... Um, you can't just, you know, go in... I mean, some people are going to play it on normal or easy, and it's probably not going to be nearly as intense. Yeah. But, like, when I'm playing it on Insanity, you got to really think you get flanked you're screwed like there were and there's you know and this was the same with the first with when mass effect 2 when i played it on insanity like you know there were times where i died like 30 times in the same room 
and I kept having to play it over and over and over but and over again. A, but sometimes it's good. Yeah. That shows a good game because you have to do it over and over right. again. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that made me play it. So even though my gameplay is, is clocked in at like 31 hours or 36 hours or whatever it is, like I probably put more time into it than that because I had to keep replaying the same mission over and over again because I couldn't get past mm-hmm. it. But like as I played it, the more the better I got at the game, and as I got further in the game, the less times I died. Like the it was like early on in the game, like the certain missions. But then as I started getting back into the the swing of the of the gameplay and the and the strategy and all of that, like by the end of the game, I, I was I was back to being awesome. Like nothing could kill me. Like I was just killing shit left and right. You know. So it's a tremendous game. Yes. Hopefully, well, I've one I'm back on, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully I'll get to it. And we'll see. You it's, know, a, it's a big commitment, because they're, they're all, all three of the games are, are fairly long. Are 40 hours plus. But I did yeah. hear this. If, with this game, which unlike the other one, if you screw up when you're wooing someone, they end up screw, having sex with someone else. Yeah, they actually, um, if you, if you, like, if you don't romance certain characters, they end up romancing other people. Like, I guess... I guess if you don't romance Tally, she ends up romancing Garrus or something like that. Yeah. Like it just, they, they just become boyfriend and girl. So you just kind of see them like in the Normandy like together, like hanging out. Isn't there... And stuff. Now, here's the thing. Is, it, is there... With Tally, is there like... I heard there's like a lover's quarrel in one of the missions where you have uh, you, Shepard, Tally, and someone else are on a mission and it's like... He's like, you two get a room because you're having an argument. Um... I don't know if I ever. I don't know if I had that scene. I don't know if I. It could have been. It could have been particular characters you needed to have in that particular thing. I don't know. Um, like, what I did because it depends on who you romanced in the previous games, and I think like what they what they really wanted you to do. I guess what the best ending with the romance was that is that you romanced either Ta- uh, Ashley or Caden in the first game. They weren't in the second. They they only made like the one of the one that survived only makes like a little cameo in Mass Effect Two, and then in Mass Effect Three you're supposed to rekindle the the romance. In my first gameplay, or at least the the gameplay that I took into Mass Effect Two, I didn't romance anybody in the first game because I knew what was going to happen in the second game that that Tally was going to be a romance option because she was my favorite character in the first game, as a fam- fav- favorite female character in the first game. So I used her like all the time, and I always wanted to have the opportunity to romance her in the first one, but I never had, you know, they didn't give me the option. So I, when I went back and played the game before I got Mass Effect Two, I went back and played the first one and made a new game game, and I didn't romance anybody because I wanted to be I wanted to be pure for 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 Dally. I know how how fucking weird is that, but anyway, I just decided I wasn't gonna romance anybody. I just, just didn't want because I didn't. Because I didn't know what was gonna, I didn't know exactly what was gonna happen in Mass Effect Two, like what it, whether what was gonna happen, like how it was gonna affect the story. Yeah. So, so I romanced Tally in the second game, and and, and Tally was awesome romancing in the second game because she had that like she was kind of like nervous and like goofy, and it like that's the kind of like girl I'm attracted to in real life, like you know yeah. the, the kind of you know like not yeah. sure of themselves in all situations, and you know. So, so you know, you had all those things, and then you know, and then and then the the, the greatest line ever, totally worth it. And she has the cold, and she's got like, totally worth it. And she's like about to sneeze <laughs> in the second game, and then and then you come back in the third game, and you you know you bring her back, and and you, and she comes back. I heard she has like a huge side story. 
Yeah, there's a huge stat because you have the because it's the whole quarry and geth war thing that. that yeah, but that like her father was a traitor. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that and that that all plays out in two, and depending on what you did in two for that, that helps you with the quarry and geth thing in, in three. So like all those things that you did in Mass Effect, that's what I'm saying. Like all those choices that you made in the previous game do affect what happens in the next game. Like that's they make those choices actually matter, and they affect like the outcome. But it was cool, like when you, when you finally get her like back on the ship, and you're and you're like you know you're talking to her and stuff like that. And she said, "Shepard, again, still totally worth it." And you're like, "Yes." <laughs> nah. And you know, and I romanced her again in the, in this one. Yeah, and that's probably why she shows up in my ending sequences. Like she shows up and comes out of the Normandy after it crashes because she was my romance. But doesn't she at the end become synthetic or something like it's sort of. <sighs> Like she's half gaseous. No, well, uh, no one knows. Well, she does. She doesn't become half gas. The geth, basically. All right. So the, what I did when I when I this is another spoiler thing, um, which I've spoiled probably most of the game at this point. But um, my choices with the geth and stuff like that, I got the geth to to be friendly with the quarians. So basically, the quarians are fighting over their homeworld that they've been exiled from for. 300 years or whatever it is and uh and like so I've gotten them to be friendly with each other so the geth use nanotechnology to help the quarians with their immune systems so they don't have to wear those suits so like after a couple like years they'll be able to go without those like without the gas masks and shit even though part of it's like cultural right right it, now some people might still feel comfortable in them but like they won't be required to wear them anymore like if like as it was the the quarians it would take probably take them several generations to like get their immune systems back up to normal capacity with the the geth actually help their immune systems so that they'll they'll be cured or you know they'll be able to live in a lifetime yeah. yeah so that's so that so those are those kinds of like little bits and pieces that are like all oh, right I did that I'm awesome I did that you know I don't know it's just the, the whole game was I, I I enjoyed the whole game I enjoyed the story and and I make it a, I call it a five. Yes, I, I think our, you our should five. buy it. Yes. But as I said, you have to you have to play the other two games with it. You have to play all three. You can't just just go into the third one fresh because none of it's gonna make any sense. And you're gonna be like, this is dumb. But if you play that first game, and you play that first mission on Eden Prime, it's gonna suck you in. Because it's because because the first game was all that intrigue like there was so much no it was but like there was so much that you didn't know what the hell's happening you're just like oh I'm I'm this guy and I'm awesome apparently and they're gonna pick me for this mission I'm gonna go do this mission and then all of a sudden there's this like alien dude who's half a cyborg and he fucking murders his friend and you're and like all you know all this intrigue happens and then you're like and then you find out that there's this race of alien robots that are coming to destroy us and. And you find out all these things, and you get so wrapped up in it that, that you want to play the next Just game. Just don't get frustrated in points like I got stuck in a point where it's like, you can't go back to the Normandy, you can't do anything, and it's like... I think I think your situation was, was a very... I think that was a very, like... Random? Well, I think that was just like... It, I don't think that would happen very often. Like I, depend, I think you just kind of got screwed. Like, wherever your save was, just screwed you <laughs> like like it, like I don't think that would have happened normally because like that was the first that was one of the problems with the first game was it didn't save often enough yeah it didn't auto save so if you forgot to save on your own 
and then you died, you could you could be back like an hour later, like prior. Or if you follow the regular tenant of save save as often as you can, you get which how to me you, you were, get screwed because you can't go back. Right. You you could save it in a part where you kind of put yourself in a place where you can't you no. can't get out and you're kind of you're kind of stuck. <laughs> and I think that's pro- I think that's kind of what happened with you is you got kind of stuck in a in a one particular part and there was no option for you. You were just kind of there and you're like fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was the Mako mission. It was the one Mako mission yeah. where it's like uh, it's get there and they get there all waiting for you. Yeah. It's just and and probably at your level at the time, like whatever your level well, was. Level 6 I think. Yeah, yeah, you weren't high enough to actually do that mission. You probably had to have done some of the side stuff. Before you got to that thing. But now we know, and knowing is half the mm-hmm. battle. Uh, so, remember, if you've been listening the entire two hours. Oh, and a little tip to anybody who's, who's going to play it. Here's a little tip for, for anybody. If you care about what's going to happen after the major missions, and they tell you what the major missions are, because they say priority. It says priority, and then it tells you what the planet is. Whatever side missions you get along the way, do them first. Because they do affect whether what happens after you do the priority mission. If you do the priority mission and don't do those other missions, guess what? You don't get it, them. It could fuck up your game. It could fuck up your game royally. Or they get locked out. Like that's, that's well, a, yeah, it gets locked that's out. That's why you can't. Get, well, yeah. this is the thing. Like, like the when I with the with the quarians and the geth, you get two missions that take place before the major mission, and if you don't do either of those, guess what? You're fucked. You have to make a decision between one or the two things. Like, they kind of screw you on that. Like, so if you do the two missions, then it gives you a little bit of a better shot of getting the best choice, which is saving everybody. Unless you don't want to save them, which is, that's, you know, that's your choice again, but then you're losing out on on fighters that are going to help you in the war effort. But that's the kind of thing. Like, if you want the side, if you want the best shit, you need to do the side missions. Don't scoff at them. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, this is not a game to to. This is a game where you, you need to be a completionist. That's it's and it's been like that since the first game. The first game they you got achievements for being a completionist. You got achievements for having to play the game six or seven times in a row because you had to play with all the characters and all the things and then and you had to get all the shit and you had to do the majority of the game and all that stuff. Like, that was the achievements in the first game. And in the first game, of the three games, the three games, the first game I never got all the achievements for. I quit, because I got, I got, I got, because I had played the game like eight times at that point, and I was just like, I can't do it anymore. I just, I just quit. I couldn't. Are you ever going to go back? (laughs) Uh, Maybe. Maybe if I ever have, like, a lapse of sanity. I don't know. Because it's like, because I I put, in some of those, I, I literally put like 60 hours into some of those games. Like, it took me a long time. Mass Effect 2, one playthrough. I got every single achievement. One playthrough. Because I imported my character from the previous game and all Whatever. Mass Effect 3, I got all the achievements except for one. And the one achievement that I didn't get yet is just the one that where you get 5,000 kills. Because you just have to keep playing the game over and over again. You just have to keep going and going and going. Like I've been playing this game now for over a month, and I'm and I'm, I think I'm like, I think I have like a hundred more kills before I get the achievement. Like I'm so close. <laughs> like 
It's just like, but I have every other achievement in the game. You I know, know something. No, never. Yeah, well, it's just, well, it tallies it. Like, even if your game gets lost, it, it keeps the number. Like, so even if you don't, if you don't have your save game, like, and that's the cool thing about the achievements in this game. They're, they give you, they give you options for some of the achievements. Like, some of the achievements, there's a way to do it in the single player campaign, but then they also give you a way to do it in the multiplayer. So, like, you could, like, for instance win a mission on all the maps in multiplayer or do all the N7 missions in single player. Like, they give you the option of doing one or the oh, other. A or B? Yeah, A or B. So, so it's kind of a nice thing. And then, like, the thing with the kills. All the kills that I got in the, in the single player game get tallied up. All the kills that get in the multiplayer get tallied up. And they get added together. And that means... More games should do that because yeah. that would make more sense because a lot of people don't like doing... I mean, like, miss, yeah. mission runs are I'm, fun. But... I'm, I'm not really, like, I'm not really a multiplayer... Person yeah. like I get tired of playing multiplayer, and when they force you to get achievements through multiplayer, it kind of sucks. Yeah. But this game, they kind of said like, okay, it doesn't matter where you play, whether you play multiplayer or not. It doesn't matter if like if you just play multiplayer, you can get most of the achievements. Like you can't get all of the achievements if you don't play the single player game because they're 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 story related. Yeah. And this is a RPG, so they expect you to play the story mode. If you're not playing the story mode, you're weird. I don't know why you bought this game because you're strange but or, or or your initials are E and Q <laughs> um but they give you that option so like if, if you like there's some there's certain achievements that are kind of a pain in the ass to get if you don't if you're if you're not really good at doing them but they give you the opportunity to get them <laughs> like you know over a period of time like you don't have to just play the single player game to get them um so that's that. That was nice that they did that. Like I thought that was a very innovative way of giving the achievements. Like it was good. Yeah. And we will update this more once more DLC comes out. Hopefully we'll have some more games in yeah. the future. We don't know what we're gonna do. We will figure it out. But remember, check us out www.spark.com. Email all the stuff to Timbo. Please put in the top Mass Effect. Yes, please. Third, please, three. please, 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 please. Talk to me about it, cause I, I'm 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 willing to hear other opinions. I am I am not an almighty, all-knowing human being, as although I sometimes think I am. I am not. And and if you have a better argument or or a different argument or even more evidence to support my argument, that would be great. I I'm I'm all for it. Just just keep it. You know I don't know. Polite. <laughs> don't tell me I'm a fucking idiot, cause I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read your email on on the air. Yes, we will. Or if I do, I'm going to yell at you on the air. Well, we'll see. And what since happens. you don't have a podcast, yeah. I I win. <laughs> Unless your name is Daryl Surratt, then you can do it. then then it's a war. But anyway, that's it. We're done. Catch you guys next time on the Spark and Game Review. Bye.